Hello and welcome to another episode of the Triumphant Life Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Nick Trevelyan. And guys, I just wanted to welcome you to episode eight. Today is going to be a blast. Here at the Triumphant Life, we are for the doers of the world, the dreamers of the world, the beers of the world that want to do more, be more, and achieve more. And really, our goal with today's episode is just to give you an idea, strategy, a tip, whether that's in your career, your income, your side hustle, your family, your relationships, your fitness, whatever you're working on. You have these beautiful goals, these beautiful mountains you're working on conquering. We want to give you an idea, a strategy just to help you break through. And I'm so freaking honored on episode eight, the stage change episode to have Mr. Nicholas Marion with us. What's up, Nick? Thanks, buddy. Okay, thanks for having me, man. Heck Appreciate yeah. It. So guys, Nick is a personal trainer at heart, but he just loves people and loves to help people transform and change and hence his stage of change, which is why I had him on. But dude, you've done it all. I mean, you've coached gyms on how to grow their businesses and change there. You've coached people on their bodies and we know how much, you know, your fitness and your health and your foundation, you know, somebody coming to you that just wants to lose 20 pounds, you know, get a little more fit for the summer. You guys hear me out though, whether you're watching us online or you're, or you're on the podcast, this isn't a fitness episode. This is about change, whether that's in your business and income, in your relationships, in your in your health. And obviously, there's so much to learn and so much psychology from a fitness trainer because you've seen it, right? You've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, in my opinion, we all know how to eat healthy. If we were to all go to the grocery store right now, okay, and you and I were to grab shopping carts and take everybody who's listening and get shopping carts, we all know what aisle to walk up and down. And as you put the food in the cart, we know what's healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Produce, fruits, veggies, lean proteins. But there's a difference of knowing what to do and actually doing what to do. You know, I have a lot of my real estate agents on here. There's a difference of knowing how to grow your real estate business, but actually doing it. So I'm so pumped to have you. Guys, let's just give them a big welcome from the Triumph Life. What's up, buddy? What's up? Thanks for, the, thanks for having me, man. Boom. Happy Appreciate to have it. you here. So, um, dude, tell us about that, right? So, you know, you got people on here that, well, give me your background. Like, kind of, let's, talk, let's touch on that a little bit. Like, tell me the story of you going to China and doing this. All this. Dude, you're a jet setter. You're crazy. Yeah, so uh, just a little 60-second sip. I want to bore everyone. I, I hate talking about myself. So We love you it. Know, um, I consider myself like a slumdog millionaire of fitness. You know, I just kind of experimented with everything. Former athlete, you know, who wasn't, didn't like excel at sport, but was, a you know, a lover of sport. Sure. And I took up fitness and loved it. I became a full-on nerd when it came to anatomy and kinesiology and, the, and study the human body. So I pursued that, went to school for it, and, you know, just grew as I got older. So, you know, I started at the corporate level, just making pretty much crap money for a long time. But I loved it so much to the point where I didn't care. <clears throat> and then as my passion grew for it, so did my income. I became a GM. And then after that, I started to branch out and do my own thing. And then I was co-owned a gym for a while and then ultimately moved out here to San Diego sure. to pursue it. So once I got out here, you know, it was a little rocky in the beginning working for some small gyms here and there, but then I ended up opening up a gym here as well. As I opened up the gym here, I uh, started teaching part-time at a personal training institute of all things and just fell in love with it because I'm, I'm actually getting a chance to mentor trainers as well and teach them the right way through experience of what I've gone through. So it allows me to do that as well. So that's what I'm currently doing. Oh yeah. And then I also, you know, consult former students about their businesses and how to grow them. I have a private clientele that I work with exclusively that I've been doing that for, you know, since I've lived here. So other than that, yeah, I mean, I've probably got, uh, geez, I would say anywhere from 
70 to 90,000 hours of hands-on experience with clients and customers and stuff. So there, yeah. can you guys tell why I feel like I'm freaking spoiled rotten? Like <laughs> side note though, one of the downsides of having a really good buddy that's a personal trainer is whenever you're out having meals, I feel like he's constantly staring at what I'm eating and consuming no. and he's like, bruh. Bruh. Um, but no, I really love your mastery of that. And so that's what, dude, as I was so excited, um, when I was like, dude, why don't you get on the podcast and just give us your heart and soul? Because we all, no matter where you're at in your life right now, myself, you, all of us, I call them mountains, meaning you're standing at the bottom of a mountain. Just picture you're standing at the bottom of a mountain, getting ready to go on a hike. And at the top is what you ultimately want, whether that's, you know, your income being 10,000 a month or man, I, I want to have this type of a relationship or this type of a body. And it's just the, the art of walking up that mountain. Right. And so right. what I really get excited about and here on the podcast and, and having you on is that takes that pathway, that hike, right? The blood, sweat, and the tears get out that mountain. And it just makes it a little bit easier. And I feel guys like you with 90,000 hours of mastery, right? You've almost like figured out what what uh, trail to carve and it makes life easier, right? And it's not just with fitness because it's the same principles, disciplines, and strategies that help you break through in business. Mm. And I know you, dude, you're an entrepreneur. You just opened a moving company, right? Like you've, you've done so many things. And so I'm like truly honored to have you, but really for our listeners right now. And so guys, before Nick goes over the stage of change, I want you to think about this right now. And for those watching us here live is you have an area of your life and you know what that area is right now that you want to break through. In. We all have that. Like whenever you hear something, you see a quote, you know, you get inspired for a quick minute. It always <clears throat> applies to that thing that you want whether that's that type of a body or that type of a bank account. So like when you see an inspirational quote or somebody doing really well in business, you automatically know that that's what you want for yourself, right? So before Nick goes into this, I want you guys to really think about that in your life, like whatever avenue or mountain that it is. And it could be multiple avenues, um, but just really think of that as he goes through this. So dude, I'm ready for this. Like so pumped we get you on video and audio. Stage of change. Awesome. Let's roll, homeboy. Okay, so... Um I was talking to Nick about this a little bit earlier, but so this, the, the traditional name for it is what's called the trans-theoretical model. So it just doesn't just apply to fitness, but I do teach this in my class. It's called the stage of change, and essentially what it is is it's, not, it's getting your client, customer base, even yourself to make a behavioral change, uh, a psychological change, if you will, through a series of steps. And we cycle in and out of this stage of change throughout our whole life. Um, and one of the reasons why I'm so fascinated by this is because I'm really fascinated with behavioral psychology because, again, um, working with clients, like you said, there's only so much you can tell them or so much you can make them try to do. Until they have to and, do the push Until they have to do it themselves. Yeah. I can take you to the store. I could buy the groceries for you. I can tell you what to eat, but are you going to do it? And I got really frustrated with certain clients just because I'm giving them all the tools but I'm not giving them what they actually need. But same from a business coach, right? I can tell you all day long, you need to do this type of social media marketing. You need to record video. You need to make these types of calls. And then a week later comes back and those calls haven't been made, right? Right. And so that's where like, I think the stage of change applies to so many different areas. Right. So, so the first step in the stage of change is what's called the pre-contemplative stage. And essentially what that means is that you, your clients, your customer base, they, they have no intentions of changing at all and they don't even think about it at all. So for example, um, <clears throat> somebody who doesn't follow you on social media, they don't care about real estate, they have no intentions of even thinking about mm -hmm. it, but then what happens is 
some type of stimulus allows them to become engaged, to get into that contemplative Kind of sparks their attention, right? Yeah. Family members said, hey, you know what? Like I just sold this house and made 30 grand on Mm -hmm. it. And you're like, Okay, I never thought about real estate. Or is that like a friend walking in going, hey, girl, you look great. What are you doing? Oh, I I just lost 20 pounds on Beachbody or whatever, you know, whatever the thing is. Yeah, it's it's the same same thing with fitness. So most pre-contemplators have no intention of changing, let alone do they want to change at all. So there has to be some type of stimulus to engage them to make that change. To step two. Yeah, to step two. So in essence, it's like, Life is good, and you're scrolling Instagram, and you're like, God dang, that guy's balling. Man, have I thought about opening a side business? Is that kind of what happens? Correct, yeah. correct. And it, everyone's different. It has to be a certain stimulus for you to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And everyone's different. You might like not even care about ballet, but all of a sudden, you saw some attractive woman who was doing ballet. Now you're interested in it. You don't want to go full-on buy a onesie. But you want to look at ballet now in a different way. You know what I know? That freaking guy in my pillow. Yeah. He got me. Yeah. Lay, I'm sitting on the couch. And this was the pre contemplative state. Uh-huh. Laying on the couch, tired, right? Do you have neck pain? Uh huh. <laughs> Do you not sleep all night? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to sleep on a pillow of feathers? Yes, sir. <laughs> you and I probably, them. probably rapid fire through those yeah. stages, which we'll get to. But yes, I understand that. Yeah. And so the best method in pre contemplation is education. Okay. Number one method. So with any business you have, fitness, real estate, anything, it's are you educating the consumer to the point where you're actually grabbing them? Essentially what we're doing right now. We're educating the audience about something that they might be interested in Mm -hmm. to get them to make that change subtly though. Mm -hmm. It's not an extremist approach. It's I just want you to start thinking about this, Mm -hmm. not full on dive in yet. Let me ask you a question then. Let's say I'm watching you and I want to make more money or get more fit or really just go deep with my spouse, right? What would you recommend then them just start like following people like that on social media that have that so they can get the information or like jumping on YouTube to kind of spark that thought? Well, yeah, usually, I mean, that's what, that's what all social media is for in essence, if you think about sure. it. Everybody wants to be inspired and motivated in some way, but where do they find it? Mm-hmm. You know, like when I was a kid, it was like finding uh, a magazine and looking through Sports something. Illustrated. Yeah, yeah. Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Oh, Michael Jordan or whoever. Okay, I want to play sport. Right. And so you're kind of thinking about it and then you ask and inquire and then, you know, you, you, you pursue it. And then if you don't do very well, are you still engaged in it? I like that a lot. So we constantly ebb and flow through this stage of change and we got to figure out how we can get back to, which is the end stage, which we'll go over the last. But once you've educated them, now you're going to get them to start thinking about it, which is called the contemplative state. Mm -hmm. That's step two. So now that you've given them some great information, like, yeah, you know what? I, I think I should start pursuing real estate because mm-hmm. I think I might be good at it. Mm-hmm. And then what you do is, again, the strategy on that is these people now have started to think about making a change. They haven't gone into it just yet, mm-hmm. but you kind of have them there now. So that's like in, in somebody's life, like, hey, I really want to get fit. And that's them just kind of slowly starting to research, you know, like a meal plan or, you know, local gyms or reaching out to some friends type thing. Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. And in, in the contemplative state, it's, it's up to you now as the coach up to me as the coach or the motivator to now give them the nudge or the push to pursue it. Because most of the time they're not going to do mm-hmm. that. And they're also going to come with you with unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Nick, I want to do real estate, man. I want to make $300,000 too. And you're like, well, slow down, buddy. Like mm-hmm. you have to go through some of these steps first to even get to sure. a certain point. So that you have to set expectations first. So what if somebody listening or watching right now was in stage two how would you like, what would you encourage them to do in that stage? Like they're alone. I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to make an act. Nick, I'm, I'm in 20 grand of debt. Get, I want to get out of debt or whatever that is. What would you encourage them to do in stage two? 
Uh, again, I would first set some realistic expectations for yourself and do it in a slow, progressive manner. Meaning, you know, I want to pay off $100,000 in debt too, but I know I can't do $100,000 in a year. Mm-hmm. But what I'm going to do is start making subtle changes. Where am I spending my money that I know that I can Maybe starting now? to track your money or something track like the that. Money. Yeah. Read a book about it. Yeah. Start start making small adjustments, you know, and, I then, like that and then start lot. saving up as you go. And then pretty soon you'll get there, but it's not a, you know, it's the same thing with fitness. Hey, I want to look like you. Well, you haven't worked out in nine months. I've been working out for 10 years straight. Right. We got to get this clear first. Here's what we're going to do. Here's the first steps. Do you understand that? Now let's go into it. Well, a good point on that. Um, the first person to ever run through my 30-day challenge that I walked mm-hmm. through it, um, he wanted to lose 50 pounds. 50 pounds. And maybe you're watching or listening, feel the same way. And it, maybe not just weight, but man, I, you know, I want to make this amount of money. And he was really uh, upset about it, embarrassed. And he said, Nick, I really want to lose these 50 pounds. And we know it's just not going to come overnight, right? Right. But what we did was we put him in bite-sized baby chunks over a 30-day period. I had him work out 12 times in 30 days. Mm-hmm. At, the end of the, at the end of the 30 days, he didn't lose 50 pounds, which is damn near impossible. He lost like eight pounds. Like, let's, hear me out on that. Eight right. pounds. Like, that's huge, right? right? But at the end of the 30 days, he had actually gone through stage two himself and lost eight pounds himself. And he kind of built confidence through the 30-day challenge. And then six months later, he ended up losing the full – he lost 55 pounds. Well, so he, he kind of went through that whole stage Real of fast, change right? fast. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, once I'm, – I'm kind of like using an example. Let's say um, a consumer for fitness. Like, let's say um, they, they saw an ad on an infomercial, which stimulated them to think about working out. Mm-hmm. Then they came into the gym, and then they saw me, and they said, hey – I'm interested in working out. Then I will talk to them, do an assessment on them, set realistic realistic expectations. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we want to get them into the next step, which is preparation. That's third stage? Third stage. Which is now, okay, I've educated you. I've given you the clear expectations. I've given you that little push. Now we're going to prepare for what we're going to actually be doing. Mm -hmm. Right? Here's where the work starts. So preparation is, uh, again, it's the same thing. It's <clears throat> it's setting clear-cut expectations. It's still educating the consumer and then holding them accountable. And then a- after that, you're putting them into the action stage, okay. which is where, you know, depending on how long the program, 14-day, six weeks. Sure. I do three-month minimums with every single mm-hmm. client because I feel, I-, I believe that three months is a good number. I like that. Uh, not days. one yeah. session, five session things. It's It's 12 weeks. This is what is real sure. realistic, right? Then after that action stage is done, the hardest part now is the maintenance. Like we talked about mm-hmm. the other day, it's you can get in shape, right? You can work out hard, you can eat really healthy, you can not do the things you know you're not mm-hmm. supposed to do. What do you do after you've achieved the goal now? Like once you've worked out for the 90 days. Yeah. It's after the, the 90 days, where right? do I go? Because it's not, I mean, whether that is your business or relationships or your health, it's a lifestyle at that point, right? It's not yeah. like okay, we're going to go on this 30-day thing and we're going to all run 95 miles a day and, and, and shoot HGC, HGG shots and take 500 calories or whatever because yeah. it, it doesn't work that way, right? You're talking about long-term consistency, which is long-term change. Right. And research has shown that people in the maintenance have the hardest time because they, they're always tempted to go back to their old ways, Okay, be it through some type of you know, pre-existing type of psychological issue they had in the sure. past where it's, they don't feel that they're good enough. Or they, they, they feel like they want to sabotage their success, which people do a lot of the time. Like, you've been doing so great for this long. Why are you stopping now? 
Mm-hmm. Why are you content still? Well, I even find too, a lot of times it's even hard to get to that point and even get through that actually because of your past. Mm-hmm. And for example, you know, those listening, those watching, maybe you've tried to start a side business and people, you know, you share it with somebody and they're like, oh, well, you tried that one company before. Oh, here you go again with another business thing. Or right. you tried to lose weight or how's your nine gym memberships going now? Right. And I found that even like a lot of outside people will influence that too and remind you of the mistakes you made, but you're not your past. Right. On a daily basis, whenever you choose to right now. You can make a decision today to reinvent yourself moving forward through the five stages of change. Yeah. That's what I love about it is if you actually just said, hey, today, right now, you know, Nick, you're right. I am done with these 25 pounds. Like I'm done carrying this around. Today, I'm going to change regardless of what you've done in the past. No matter who you were, what you did, you screwed up on, you can turn that around as fast as you want to with that stage of change. Right. If you're looking at your business right now saying, Nick, you're right. I really had a really bad couple past months. Well, then just stop. Like nobody told you you weren't going to, like you didn't come out the, uh, uh, like uh, of the womb and they're like, oh, he's going to be a good one and he, she's going to be a bad one. They don't like stamp you. You make those decisions on a daily basis, right? right? Based on how to change. And that's why I'm so pumped to have you here with these stages. Dude. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> with, um, with any type of behavioral psychology, uh, personally, I like to make it objective first meaning um, just all about data and stats with them. So if they, they give me, they present a problem to me, uh, for example, when I do uh, business consulting, like I have a great client, she, she said, listen, I need help with my business. I know what to do as far as training goes, but I have no clue on how to get this thing going. Mm-hmm. And it's all objective based. I could tell her, well, honestly, you're being kind of lazy, Yeah. but I don't say that. I say, sure. okay, well, what, what's your method? What are you doing? Do you have a product lined up? That's the first step. We got to get a product dialed in and then everything needs to be perfect on the product mm-hmm. before we can start promoting this thing sure. and getting to sell it to people. Mm-hmm. And it, I could, you know, it's all objective based with every single client, in my opinion, because it takes out the emotional component, at mm-hmm. least in the beginning. Sure. And they don't feel threatened by you mm-hmm. because if you can just, if you subjectively expose them to like what you really feel or you're thinking, you're going to lose them. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to keep them in that certain stage where you're not going to slowly get them to be where you want them to be. Mm-hmm. And that, that's really common with trainers because, you know, I'm a young, in-shape, healthy guy. Yeah, and I'm a 65-year-old Bob. Yeah. Bob's like, hey, dude, I got four kids. I work 60 hours a week. I'm stressed <laughs> yeah. out of my mind. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, my, my relationship sucks with my wife. And then here you are. You're 22. You're, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. You can work out all day. You just don't understand kind of what where I'm coming from. Yeah. yeah. Come to my level. Yeah. I got you loud and clear. Well, that's why I think everybody's five stages of change and, and goals that they have are different. We all have, it's not a one size fits all. Everybody's got their own thing, which is a good thing, right? We all have our own passions, you know, things we love doing, things we don't want doing and different goals. Like right. in my, in my world of business, I can show you a spectrum of guys that call, have goals to make 4,000 a month up to 4 million a month, right? There's just, it's a spectrum, right? It, it, it's good for you, right? Everybody's got their own thing. And I've just found too often in our world today, we try to run in other people's lanes instead of our own lane. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you don't want to be crazy fit, but you're like, Hey, I just want to like, just have some more energy. That's your goal versus you want to be freaking jacked up, right? There's a very big difference, right? Well, I think people just have to understand too. It's like, everyone's good at something, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and that's where they maintain that because they're, 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 they're either they're good at it and they're passionate about it or, you know, they, they just, it's so automated sure. to the point like they've been doing it their whole life. So they don't even have to think about it anymore. Yeah. 
That's what you want to get them to that stage, essentially, because now it's a permanency. It's a routine. It's habit. It's a permanency, like brushing your teeth, for example. Like people, oh, you have great white teeth. What do you do? I brush my teeth. What, really? You brush? Yeah, I brush my teeth every day, mm-hmm. twice a day. Well, that's hard. Novel concept. It's a habit, yeah. though, right? And so everyone's got their own thing, but people also have to realize that you don't have to be good at everything, but you have to also put yourself in check and go, listen, if I want to be good at that or I want to pursue that, I got to go back to that initial stage where, okay, I need to educate myself mm-hmm. about what I'm doing and then give myself some realistic expectations. The biggest thing is like financial stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. I want to be a millionaire like you. Well, I've been saving money my whole life. Sure. I'm 60 years old. Mm-hmm. How old are you? Oh, I'm 19. Mm-hmm. You, you can't make a quick buck like that. Mm-hmm. You got to be smart about it. Here's where you go. Here's where you go. You get educated. And I also and then think you start making those changes. Uh, the social media curse actually, I think, hurts that because you have so many gurus, whether that is in business or fitness or these beautiful relationships, they see the 20 year finished product, right? right? They see the guys balling out, Rollies and Bentleys and mm-hmm. planes. Mm-hmm. But what they don't see is 20 years ago. Like, I know I run into this all the time. I want that. Right. But that guy who's on that, that tarmac right now in that private jet, he'll show you 15, 20 hour days, right. seven days a week for years, right. right. To get to that point. Right. And we are rewarded in public right. for what we practice in private. Right. And I, I think, um, like what you were saying a little bit earlier is, you know, entrepreneurship is the ultimate reinvention of yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've done it. I've done it. I mean, I've done it so many times to the point where you're throwing so much crap at the wall, right? The old adage, throw so much on there, yeah. something's going to stick. And eventually when it does, you'll have something, but you have to keep trying. I mean, like, like you were saying a little bit earlier as well, um, you know, I met uh, before I moved to California, I went to a fitness conference in Chicago. I met a guy who had a fitness products company and they were called Core Sticks and they were awesome. I was like, those are so cool, man. Mm-hmm. Like. If I open a gym, which I'm going to, I'm going to be your first customer in California. He's like, fair enough. Moved to California, opened the gym. I bought one. He he personally delivered it to me. So I know this is a good product. This is a good company. And at the time, he was partnered with the strength coach from the Pittsburgh Penguins. And so I used the product, loved it, used it on my clients. And then he followed up and said, hey, do you want to start teaching people how to use this stuff? There's a big idea convention in San Diego. Do you want to do it? Sure. To the convention, he's like, that that was amazing. Do you want to do another one? I'm like, yeah. He goes, it's in China though. I was like, okay, China? Okay. So me, this is another thing with entrepreneurs. You just gotta say, you know what? I don't care. Fuck it. Let's Speak go. In French. You gotta go hey, just do just it. Man. Where you're allowed to drop F bombs on the Triumphant Life podcast. Okay, great. Because uh that's probably I think like <laughs> we should have like a meter. I think we just hit a thousand, right? <laughs> F this. But you know. Beep. And those are opportunities that if you have the true entrepreneur's mindset, you can't be scared to pursue that stuff. And that opens so many doors for me. I went to China four times. I went all over there. I went to Hong Kong. I went to Shenzhen, Shanghai, Beijing. Then I started going to Taiwan. I went to South Korea twice. Freaking love South Korea. Just teaching people about fitness. That is so freaking cool, dude. Just because you have to be open to that though too and not scared to pursue something Well, it's almost like open when opportunity comes. Right. right. Like the opportunity of, hey, I really want to get fit. Then the new flyer shows up in the mail or you mm-hmm. see a Facebook ad. Right. And I think that progresses through the stage of change or, hey, you got to be open to the idea of changing your business or reaching out to a mentor for help or a coach like yourself. Right. Right. Um, so I think it's huge, man. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. I think this would be really, really cool. Mm. 
we have a lot of people watching right now and listening. Um, if somebody wanted to lose 20 pounds, for example, we'll use this as an analogy, okay? Because mm. I think it, it really just, it, we can all wrap our heads around it, um, whether you're in business or that's a family relationship goal. Let's just say somebody wanted to lose 20 pounds. Help them with, help me get going through the stage of change as that person that's listening, viewing, that wanted to lose those 20 pounds. What would you tell them to do with all of your experience and 90,000 hours of teaching? Uh, simplify it first. I mean, the, the biggest problem is, and again, it's not a problem. It's just, it's a necessary evil, if you will, is social media. Uh, there's myth, misconception. Who do I listen to? Where do I go? How do I do that? So you're trying to be educated, mm -hmm. but you can't because you don't, you're confused. What's right? If I'm reading yeah. six different books. That Keto, also paleo. Yeah. What, right? Which one do I and do? You're pulled in, and then the minute you click on that ad, you're retargeted 18 different more ads. Correct. And then you're off in La La Land and you get paralysis by overanalysis. When as if you were to just go do some push-ups or like run. Well, just you want to eliminate things that yeah. you know that, that you shouldn't be doing. And it's that simple. If you, if you add extra creamer to your coffee every morning and you know it's an extra 100 calories, mm -hmm. Just pull it back. Just don't do two tablespoons. Do one. That's an extra 50 calories off mm -hmm. there. If you put extra cheese on your whatever, take that off of there. If you adding, uh, like we talked about the other day, if you're adding avocado to foods, even though it's healthy food, it still has fat, which has mm -hmm. calories, which can increase weight gain. Mm -hmm. So if you can slowly pull back, like I'll give you a great example. When I first started training, I started training a guy. He was literally my age. He looked like he was 45. And I'm talking, I was 23 at the time. Mm -hmm. He looked like he was 45. But pale white, bald, like just really bad shape. And I asked him, what, do you, what, what are you doing on a daily basis? The guy worked for uh, JP Morgan, very great job. He's like, I eat fast food every day. I, eat, I drink sodas all day. I don't exercise. So I said, listen, here's what we're going to do. All I want you to do for this week is to, instead of drink two sodas a day, drink one. That's it. That's it, dude. Simple. That's it. Eat whatever you're still you're eating. We're still going to exercise, but all I want you to do is not, not two sodas a day, just one. Mm -hmm. Next week, okay, no sodas this week. Next week, okay, no sodas, only one fast food per day. Slowly but surely, he got to that weight loss goal, mm -hmm. and it wasn't pulling teeth because again, I wasn't I wasn't going against what he kind of was doing, so I was kind of tapping into his psychology a little bit, right? And you, that's what you really have to do. Now, with weight loss, it really just comes down to a caloric reduction, okay? And how you do that is obviously eliminating calories where you know you can. Mm -hmm. uh, if you like to drink alcohol excessively, bam, there you go. Let's just uh, don't eliminate it permanently, but get rid of, you know, several drinks a week. Several drinks a week for, for a month, that's a lot of calories doing nothing. You're saying leave the bar 20 minutes earlier. Is that what you're telling me to do right leave now? Leave the bar completely, right? You know, have yeah. a beer here and there and enjoy yeah. yourself, but, you know, eliminate where you can. And you don't have to train hard at all. Because if you look at metabolism, three quarters of your metabolism is actually your resting met metabolism. Think about it like an interest rate in a bank account. Okay. You want a really high interest rate in the bank account. That way you don't have to work hard. Your money does it for you. Your resting metabolic rate is basically what we're doing right now. While we're breathing, while we're digesting, blinking eyes, so moving I'm feet. I'm burning calories right now is what you're telling you're burning, me. Your body's burning calories just to keep itself alive. Sure. And about 20% of that is only from exercise. Got it. So if people want to lose weight, just pull back on the consumption of calories. Just but pull back. I love what you're saying though because I think going back to your stage of change um, 
process is I think the first stage is just being aware of it, right? Mm. That's kind of what you described is being aware that, hey, I really do want to lose weight or I really do want to make more money. I think too often we grab the covers and we like put them over our head and we don't want to step on the scale. We don't want to look at the bank account, but all that simply is, is a reflection of where you're at. It's Mm -hmm. not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. You're not a good person, not a bad person. It's a reflection of where you're at. And I think if you can sit down, whether that is in your business, whether that is in your relationships or with your health and just call it what it is, not better than it is, not worse than it is. Look at it and call it what it is in front of you. I think that gives you that stage one and two where you could look at it and go, Hey, I legitimately do want to lose 20 pounds. Then you start stage two and you start the research. You start reaching out to other people before you get into the preparation stage of stage three. The bottom line is you just have to be, you have to have some type of stimulus to get you excited about wanting to make a change as well. Or a burning desire inside of you, right? Or a burning desire as well. But that burning, the, the difference between that is the intrinsic motivation and the extrinsic. Sure. As an American, most of the time, we're motivated by the extrinsic, the monetary value of things, the uh, you know the reinforcement of things as far as the likability. I'm going to do something stupid so I think people, people will like me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy this car so somebody likes me. I'm not going to take care of myself intrinsically, meaning I, what mm-hmm. gets you up in the morning without having to worry about anything else? What do you love? What could you do every day that even if you didn't get paid, you would do it all day long? Yeah. And that's what I was doing. I was working 20 sessions a day, making $6 a session when I first started. Crazy. I was making $12 an hour, mm-hmm. but I loved it. But I was getting tired. And I finally said, listen, I need to make a change personally. Yeah. I'm tired. And I approached my boss at the time, who was like your mentor. He was literally amazing at sales, marketing, networking, relationship building. And he taught me everything I knew about that. Sure. Once I got a grasp of that, I could make a change for myself and grow. But what I think is really cool about your story and the story of you traveling China and Japan and stuff like that and getting to have those opportunities in your life is it came from you making a decision to do that though, right? So many times as I'm coaching people, whether that is in their businesses or, or their health or whatever is, we, we don't make a decision to actually go into that. Mm. Right. And I think there comes such a power of drawing a line in the sand saying this back to that health analogy. And I guess it's easy to use. Okay. I want to lose 20 pounds. The how will present itself, the how, the strategy, the things to do it daily. But too often we get caught up into that, right? It's like, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds. Well, what, what Nikes do I have to have? Or what, what Lululemons do I need? And well, Orange Theory or, or, or this diet, Paleo and, and Edio or whatever the hell else it is. And then we just get so caught up in this world of, listen, everybody in this world right now, in this world has a treadmill. Everybody does. Because you could walk out your front door and just go for a lovely little jog. Mm. Now, hopefully you have your limbs. Most people could just do some push-ups or do some sit-ups or jump up and down like a goofy person and do some jumping jacks. So I think by coming, by making a decision and just saying, hey, here's what I want to do. You know what? I really, really, really am going to get to $10,000 a month in my business. Or you know what? I'm going to finally approach my boss and say, I want to raise or put me on a plan to get a raise because the strategy will present itself. There's a million different strategies. That's why I say motivation is worthless. And they're like, Nick, what? You're the motivational guy. Motivation is fleeting. It comes and it goes and it's a split second, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning I read a quote, I'm inspired for five seconds, 
But tomorrow morning or later that day, I actually have to make the calls, do the push-ups, or tell my wife that I love her. That's the very big difference. So I love the stages of change because I think that if you can get through stage one and two, through the preparation, into the action, I found that once you just make the decision to start two weeks from now, 30 days from now, that future you is going to thank you and it just gets a little bit easier down the road. You know what I'm saying? Of course. And I I think that model was really not invented for us. But if you're a coach, this model is a tool for you to get your clients where you know they can be. And then once they get to that point, you just hope and pray that they stay there. And then if you've done your due diligence and you've coached them through and they've made that change, you can go to bed at night knowing that they're going to be successful. But what I think is so cool about that is you're giving our listeners and our viewers a psychology behind the scenes of how to, how to actually get somebody to transform. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm not a personal trainer, you are the personal trainer of yourself. You're the CEO of your business. You're the, you know, you're the, the king or queen of your family. So it's the same concept. That's how I think all these concepts apply, whether that is to having a thriving relationship or having a better body or you know, losing weight or having more money in the bank or launching a business. It's the same, it's the same psychology, right? Mm-hmm. Of preparing, learning, preparing, making a decision, and then maintaining, right? Yeah. In a stage of change, dude. It's like a brilliant concept. You're freaking you're genius, bro. I mean, grad school, man. Hundred grand in debt. But again, I'll make a change to pay it off, you know. Hey. Hey, so we're going to put you through the stage of change. All right, dude, we're wrapping up here. want to let uh, everybody get cruising. So any final thoughts, tips, strategies, dude? You've done it. You've put yourself through that, you know, whether that's in business. I love that you're a product of your own product, though, right? It'd be one thing if you're standing here and you're like, eh, you know, you're just kicking back, you, you know, 100 pounds overweight, but you are fit, which means you've actually gone through the stages of change yourself. You've, you're in maintain mode, so you're kind of through that, right? And so any tips for anybody watching or viewing? Um. Just, I mean, I don't want to sound cliche, but don't, whatever you're pursuing, stick with it until that change actually happens, happens. comes to fruition. You have to keep going until you actually see that actual change occur. Because if you stop, you're never going to even see it come to fruition. So, like, I mean, it, it, like what you're saying, entrepreneurship, fitness is all cyclical. I mean, I did competitive bodybuilding, then I got tired of it. Then I did marathon running, I got tired of it. And then I started to do boxing, got tired of it. And then you always come back to working out again. Same thing with entrepreneurship. One, you know, maybe one quarter, you think you have a good idea, you pursue that. Doesn't work out. You're still pursuing it as far as the concept of entrepreneurship, but you're never giving up on that idea. Mm -hmm. You have to keep that going. And I think that's the, the biggest tip. I mean, I... I'm a late bloomer. I'm 36 years old, just about to finish grad school. Now, should I finish grad school maybe in my 20s? Yeah, it'd be a lot cheaper. Sure. And probably, uh, who knows, different doors open, but who cares? It, but you're it is doing, what it is. You're but doing instead, it. Of, instead of getting 65, you know, you're doing it now. It doesn't matter. You're right. on, but that's your path. Right. That's, that's in the book of Nick's life, right? Those are chapters, and you're rewriting the story. And that's what I love about what you're doing, what we're doing here at the Triumph of Life with our movement is tomorrow. If you're watching this, listening right now, right now, tomorrow, today, in an hour, you can make a decision and say, you know what? I'm going to go to grad school. I I didn't get it. I didn't get my diploma or whatever. I'm going to go do it now. If that means something to you, right? right? Whether that is a wake or whatever. But I think more than anything out of all of it, you have to know what you want and where you're going. 
And the analogy I use, I'll go into Coach Nick mode, so hang out with me here for a second, is if we're going to hop on a plane from Los Angeles to New York City, right, we have to have a clear-cut destination of L.A. to New York City, right, mm. to JFK. It's not like the captain's going to get on and, like, everybody loads the plane. He's like, hey, guys, uh, where y'all want to go today? No, they have it very, very clear, the exact plan. It's not like you get up in the air and he's like, hey, you guys just want to pop off in Dallas for some barbecue real quick? No, you have a clear-cut destination of, I'm starting here, I'm going to end here. And I have found that whether that is in a fitness goal, whether that is in a business goal, you don't clearly define it. If you don't clearly define it, you don't know where you're going. So for example, I want to lose 10 pounds. Cool. So then you roll out the strategy. So when you step on the scale and you've lost 10 pounds, you know exactly how you are there. I want to add $20,000 to my bank account. It's quantifiable. It's trackable. So when you've hit that, when you've hit that, we've no, no, we got it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest thing I can encourage you to do is one, make a decision, but two, know what that decision is going to be. If that makes sense, because the strategies will back themselves up in business. There's a million strategies. If you're talented enough and caring enough, you'll find a way to make more money, right? Or you can reach out to me for real estate or or some other business coach. If you want to get fit, you can reach out to Nick. There's so many different strategies, diets, all the above. But what it comes down to is that heart inside of where you want to go. And then what, like actually where that is, right? Don't hit any layovers though, Nick. No, 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 no. Exactly. <laughs> One way, baby. One way. We, we, fly, we fly direct. <laughs> uh, all right, dude. So we're wrapping up, Nick. If um, Any final points before we finish? Oh. I love this, dude. This is one of my favorite episodes because there's so much psychology and science that you bring to the table. Like, I love your demeanor on it because you're just like, no, here, here's exactly what to do to change. And I like love the fact that somebody could go back through and listen to this, whether that is in different areas of life, and run through the five stages of change. I think it's phenomenal, dude. I think the last tip that I think will resonate with your watchers is, I mean, I'm 36. When I was in my 20s, you know, everyone in their 20s is healthy, fit. You could go out and eat like crap and come back and you're, you're, you look the way you did yesterday. Um, and that's the expectation at that age. When you get to a certain age, you just, if you're exercising, you're healthy, you don't have any pains, you know, you're living a balanced lifestyle to a certain degree. Be content with that to a certain degree as well. I mean, don't beat yourself up because you don't look like you did when you were 22. You're older now and be happy with that. If you're healthy, you're making the right decisions, you're working towards a goal, be happy with that. And then just keep pursuing that because we all struggle from with it. You know, you look in the mirror, you're like, I got got gray hairs and I got an extra 10 pounds that I didn't used to have, but who cares? You're still killing it in the gym. You know, you go out, you have fun and you still have life in your body. Yeah. And that's your life though. Yeah. Cause but that, at the same point, you have an ultra marathon runner who doesn't touch, you know, anything fat and runs 30 miles a day. I think we all have our own past that make us happy. Right. Right. If some people are content, this is actually really, really cool. I've met a lot of people that are content with their business. Like Nick, if I could freaking make 50 grand a year, I'd be ecstatic. That's one person. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? That's a, that's their world. That's amazing. But then on the other side, you have somebody that's like, I'm not happy if I don't make a quarter million dollars a year, I'm a failure, but that's their thing too. Right. No matter what it is, do what makes you, you've heard old Nick's quote, Nick's life model, do what makes you happy with those people like Nick here who makes me happy in those places like San Diego that make the both of us happy, bud. That's right. Welcome to SD. Yeah, baby. Uh, So Nick, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, wanted to ask more for you, I know you do a lot of online stuff. You coach people over the phone, whether that is somebody in their fitness and their diet, because you know your stuff, you're freaking dialed in on that. Obviously living proof that I can see that from those giant arms here. Um, Or or if that's a business, because you've coached a lot of businesses, I know you've even helped me with some stuff. Um, How would they get in touch with you? 
Uh, so I have a website, nickmarionfitness.com. You can go on uh, social media, Nick Marion Fitness on Facebook, and then uh, nickmarion underscore 82 on Instagram, I believe. Oh, you fancy, I've been bro. on there in a little you while. You threw the underscore yeah. out. Verified. Underscore. Somebody else, somebody else took it. Check it. I couldn't be myself. So. You want to track down the other Nick Marion and like go get your name back? Yeah, yeah, actually, um, message. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for riding with us uh, today on episode eight of the Triumph of Life podcast. I am truly, truly, truly honored to be able to provide this for you, and just hope that it pro- gave you guys some ideas, a little bit of a kick in the right direction, sparked an idea, sparked a thought. So, if you like today's episode, do us a huge favor: tag a friend, share it with a friend, send it to him, and say, "Hey, I think you you might want this for your you know for your business," or "Hey, I think." You might want this for your fitness or whatever that is. I would just be completely honored if you gave us uh, that share right there. Other than that, guys, episode eight in the books, brother. Glad we did it. And uh, we'll see you on episode nine. See ya.